Hello and welcome to the Knock On KCLR and Scoreline.ie's weekly rugby podcast. James Blanchfield and Tom Crotty join us today. How are you, lads? Hi, hello. Good, all good, all good. Johnny is busy doing rugby things, uh, being a rugby man. So I, I heard he, I, I heard he was moving to Pastures Greener there. I thought some agency in Dublin were trying to headhunt him there during the week for a for a bigger, more prestigious podcast there. I was worried. Uh, I was worried that he might have. Um, how would I say? He might have. Uh, he, he he might have taken the soup. I've heard <laughs> rumors. All right. Uh, yeah, trying to be poached, but that's what happens, lads, when you hit the big time. You know, and the no, name gets it. out there. You know, it's hard to hang on to. Us. Um, no, we'll stay alive. We'll stay alive. Speaking of podcasts, uh, uh, the 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 word does grow. People do listen. It's good to know that as well. Um, but uh, it's a good chance for opposition teams as well to tune in and get a, a feel <laughs> for. Uh, how the opposition or the other side or our local sides are thinking ahead of the games as well. So it's good to know that people are listening to us. So if you're listening to us from other clubs across uh, Leinster and beyond, uh, thanks for listening in. Out there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Down around that area, not too far from uh, Carlo and uh, besides as well. No, it's great to listen in. We're, uh, we, we all love a rugby and uh, it's great to have the support as well and uh, people listening to hear what we're talking about. Uh, we're folks in the course, Carlo Kilkenny and Tullo. That is our area and that's what we look after. I'm a bit of Leinster, Munster, Ireland chat and that beyond as well, if it's your first time to listen in. Right, as we do every week, I'm going to start with the local stuff. Uh, it wasn't all good news across the weekend. Uh, we'll begin with Saturday's game and uh, Kilkenny Monkstown and James Blanchfield. And uh, that's grand. We'll move on to Carlo now. And James, defeat. It was a bad weekend for me, lads, right? All my teams lost. Kilkenny Rugby Club lost, Munster lost, and Thomas Town lost. So I feel like a Mayo man all of a sudden, you know? <laughs> Um, yeah, look at um, for us from our perspective, I think it's always important to highlight a positive and some, uh, an incredible positive for, with our seconds. Um, they had an absolute huge win against uh, Monkstown. Monkstown came down under strength with a second team. I think they only brought about, I think they brought 14 players. And in fairness, we had we had a glut of players. I think John and Mark for the seconds had about 30 players to pick from. So we actually gave them a player or two just to supplement it and kind of make a fairer contest out of a fair play to Sean Flynn for going across them. Sean will be a bit of a stalwart of our seconds. He's kind of knocked around there with them for years and years and um, nothing ever, no, nothing is ever too big or too small for Sean to do. And he put on the Monkstown jersey there. He's probably the most tackle man on the pitch last weekend as well. But um, 39 points to seven win for the seconds and on, on that front like. Monkstown didn't score until I think there was about five minutes to go in the game. So, um, brilliant performance. Great to see our front rows, particularly. And I'll start talking about front rows and props in a few minutes. But it's great to see guys coming up and stepping up to the mark there. Like, I mean, you have David Graham, um, you have um, Liam O'Neill and, and Dave Kennedy and kind of fellas who would be knocking around a while. But the fact that the seconds are going well, they're playing with confidence now at, the, at that level. And they're enjoying their rugby, and um, but I think our man of the match, our outstanding operator there, was William Seal. Willie Willie is an ex uh, past pupil at Kenny College, and he would have played a little bit of rugby with them um, twenties with Wesley. He came back to us two seasons ago, and he was on 
the first and seconds teams at the time when we won the Southeast League last two seasons ago in Gore, against Gorey and Kilkenny. And he's back in there as well. And he just pulled the strings brilliantly. So seconds now are riding high in the league and they're in contention. Uh, cross to the first game. Um, we started brilliantly in the first game. Now look at it. I need, I need to caveat that there's going to be some negatives to this, but we start we started minus kind of we were missing a number of players. We were probably missing five or six starters, but irrespective of that, we started with quite a strong a strong team and a reasonably strong bench. Like there's going to be an impact somewhere when you're missing five first players, um, and probably where that impacted us most was on the bench. But um, we played great stuff, and look, we were, we were welcoming the league leaders down down to Fugstown and a, a team that that that. Probably rightfully so, harbour ambitions of going, winning the league between themselves and, and Bechtoff to win the league and probably one of them will go senior this year. Um, but we had a great we had a great first half. They were first to get on the board. I think they went 5-0 up. We were unfortunate but a little bit naive. Um, one of our second rows went up the wing with a ball. He was the last man and probably the wrong player in the wrong position. And he grubber kicked the ball up and he kicked it straight into Danny Reardon's hands. A full back of Danny Reardon's experience, like ex Connacht and Leinster, he just pinged us straight back down into the corner. From the line out, we came down. Our box clearance kick was blocked down. Try for Monkstown. Um, then we went on and I think they got two penalty tries um, from, from scrums. And then Jack Walsh was awfully unfortunate then for their final bonus point try. They went to kick to touch from a penalty. And in fairness to Jack, he showed a little bit of, how would I say, initiative. He tried to keep the ball in play and bring it back on a counter uh, on a counter attack. But he did too good a job keeping it in the play and he kind of kept it in play while he was diving. And he fell on the ground. Chase and Ashburn kicker came or Ashburn's like Monkstown kicker came on, hacked it up the pitch and it didn't got the try. So that was four tries that we conceded, none of which were really constructed by Monkstown attack. Gary Dunn got a very good try for us. Hugh Corkery missed the conversion for that, but he pinged over a very, very good penalty a few minutes later. But from a Kilkenny perspective, it was probably one of the most frustrating first team's performances I've ever seen in Fugstown. And it was frustrating. And I was texting you guys on Saturday after. I was angry and lots of other people were angry. There was so much that went wrong. And reflecting on it, it went wrong because... We made bad decisions. It was really, really, really poor decision making. We were kicking when we should have been running. We were running when we should have been kicking. We were looking for big loopy passes out to hit wingers when we should have been keeping it tight. It was just a comedy of, of bad decision making. It needs to be factored that we were missing Dave O'Connor, who, who I suppose traditionally has been the leader on the pitch and it's his game plan and he's the one that works on the pitch to help to implement the game plan. But there was just so many things that went wrong on Saturday from decision-making. Um, our scrum was was just so bad. It was just so, so, so bad. They attacked it all day. We knew our scrum is, is weak. We have, we're missing three props at the moment. Irrespective of that, the scrum was just so bad. They just attacked us. And we played the game. We had four yellow cards in the match. Discipline was a problem. So, you can kind of see what I'm getting to. Anything that could go wrong, could go wrong on Saturday. But it was further compounded then by poor attitude by certain players on the pitch. And these guys, so, so one or two of them are leaders in the team. They're senior players. And out of respect, I'm not going to name anybody because I don't think that would be right or fair. 
But I certainly believe there were certain guys who were leaders on the pitch who reacted to things that happened in a very, very poor manner. Um, there's certain younger players on the field who some of them will need an arm around the shoulder and they'll react to that. Others will need the bollocking and they'll react to that. But just the reaction to things that went wrong on Saturday, for me looking at it, and I know from a lot of other Kilkenny supporters who were on the sideline looking in as well on Saturday, were quite disappointed with with some of the body language and some of the reactions to things that happened on the pitch. And it only takes that one little bit of negativity and that can just go through and it can kill all of the spirit that a team needs to win. And we beat Bechtov at home by spirit. It was our team spirit that day that got us through that game and got us to win. And I think it'd be a, a crying shame that if, if, if one little bit of negativity like that can have... A, we allow it have a have a negative impact going forward. And I know the personalities at play in our management team, I know them well enough to know that they have already probably dealt with it. But I think senior players need to remember that they are senior players as well. And I'm in no doubt that those guys will will step up to the mark the next day. Um, it was just so frustrating from a Kilkenny perspective. I'm not going to focus on our scrum being as bad. We all know our scrum was poor on Sunday. I could see Joe Moynihan, who's kind of our scrum coach, and he'd be back he'd be back back playing in two weeks' time. I could see him on the line kind of looking at the scrum and he was probably identifying fixes. And Doc was Dave O'Connor was identifying fixes on the line as well. But you know, all of those things are fine. We can sit down and we can train and we can try and fix all of the wrongs. But the one wrong that you can train is attitude. And I think some fellows can look at their attitude and see what they might need to do to get right going forward. Because we all believe that this first team is well capable, very, very well capable of finishing in the top four, if not the top three of this league. Um, just very, very small minor fixes uh, off the field in training and then a few kind of shifts in, in, in professionalism. And I think we'll, we'll see a turn the next day out. Probably this break, uh, James. No games this weekend. Probably a good thing. Just I think to get it's the a good thing. Right. Yeah. I think it, I think it is a good thing. I need to say, and don't, don't please don't get me wrong. Anyone that's listening, please don't get me wrong. There were so many guys who were on the pitch on Saturday, whose attitudes were spot on. Like Liam Field and Gary Dunn, their performances were just as you'd expect from the two lads. Like they were, they were brilliant. The two lads. Wes Carter was his usual self. And Wes needs serious Buddhists because Wes is a huge amount going on off the pitch. He's building a house. His wife, Ali, is expecting twins in the next few weeks. You know, he's doing his job. He's helping his old man back on the farm in Ross Gray or the on the family farm back in Ross Gray. So there's a lot going on for Wes. He had a great game. Um, you know, Jake McDonald had a great game. So many other lads had a great game. But two areas that we need, certainly need to work on is our decision-making. And, 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 and I think not even the attitude, just the spirit. Just the spirit, you know, on the pitch. Absolutely. Tough, tough weekend. You get them. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. You know, we look forward then, like, I mean, our women's team, they're buying into everything really, really well. They're three from three in the league. They're top of Division Four now. Um, really, you have to hand it to them. They're buying into stuff. They're arranging a Halloween party in the club this weekend. They had a table quiz two weeks ago. You know, so, so they're doing great work. Um, and I think Paddy, Mags, Emer, Rosie, the captain of the team, 
Marianne, so many of them, they're just so united in what they're doing. Um, I think it's I, I think it's it, it's great to see women's rugby doing as well as it is at Kenny. They went up to Wanderers on Sunday, and I think they, I think they, I can't actually remember the scoreline, but it was it was a comprehensive scoreline. If I'm right, I think it was about twenty eight points to seven, and uh, you know that's a big win for them on the road in horrendous conditions. But they're three from three in the league now, so you know don't be putting any pressure on them. But you know, they, they could be going for back to back promotions if they if they keep that form up. That's good. Good good news and the best of luck to the to any women's rugby team as well. Good to hear that they're on the up and uh, there's a good bit of unity there as well uh, with the club too and to uh, keep all that stuff going forward. That, that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom, you had a good weekend. The long old spin up to Longford, which has came away with it, which, with what is wanted. Yeah. Um, it started off with um, the second side, the massive win up there. Um, no, unfortunately, they kind of got the the first half of the first half of their game. Kind of, uh, they got the end of the really bad rain, so um, there was a lot of water on the pitch. It just just from the amount of rain that fell, I think everybody got it. Sun couldn't believe the amount of rain that fell Sunday morning. We thought, oh Christ, like um, <laughs> traveling up, like you could hardly see in the car at times, but um, they had a really really good uh, really really good backline. Um and as the, as the weather dried up, um the boys seem to click into into place. They're playing very similar. I have to say, I watched, got to see some of it. I know it was kind of running, looking with the first, but got a bit of it, many bit of that I watched. Um, they were playing very similar, very similar style to um to our first team. Um, Your own microphone, Tom, is cutting your elbow there. I think. Yeah, yeah. here now. It's yeah, it's perfect now. Yeah, <laughs> Joy, joys of live again. Technical huh? issues, folks. Technical issues. Um, <clears throat> they're playing a very similar rugby to the first. The good, expansive, um, hit hard, hit hard up front, and play and uh, play wide as as quick as we can. Um, it was great to see a few guys back. John Farr was back in at hooker. Um, Alan Bourne came back in a prop after in- these are lads coming back for injury. Jeff McDermott, um, again played nine. Um, had a good game. That's that's Jeff's um, second game back now after injuries. Second game this season. Um, like we had a, a good backline. Peter Hennessy was out at ten. Peters, uh, like I've been playing football all year. He had his first game at ten last weekend. Had another good game. Uh, Ian Atkinson back from football. Uh, he's an ex. I was saying last week. Um, another strong, not a very strong centre. Christian Yocker, a young fellow from the um, from the college. Um, he was playing in the centre. Um, We've came and Brennan's younger brother Conal had a great game on the wing. Had a great game on the wing, and uh, we have uh, Chile Joaquim comes all the way from Chile. Uh, he's down in the college and just walked up one day. He's uh, he was playing fullback, a lovely kid, and played played really really well. Um, so like the seconds had a, a comprehensive win in 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 the end. It was thirty five five. So that gave us a good platform. It's nice to get the seconds off to a start because no matter what it. If the seconds get a win, it sort of starts immediately starts to feed up the line before we hit the, you know for the first hit the pitch. Um the first thing I'll say, like from the first point of view, it's I couldn't believe when I actually figured it out. It's 13 years since we won in Longford. 
Wow. It's Carlo won in Longford. It's the first time the players on that pitch actually beat Longford in Longford. And there's a fair record because I remember like Longford were going through a really strong period of time. Mm. And the lads, some of the lads like Richie and those um and Wes, they would have uh, they would have played, they never beat them up there. Um it's always been a hard place to go, always like. Yeah. Like as I say, I've kind of put them. Um, they're they've a, you know they have a real grit up there. Um, mm. Like I, do you know like when you when you look at the game as a whole, like Longford get Longford really stuck in the game right to the right to the end. You know they're they're a tough tough side, hard to break down. Um, we played well in parts, uh, but back to our usual, our discipline is, is chronic at the moment. It just, it just, And this week it was different. We were caught about four times for not rolling away, um, four or five times for not rolling away, which was different to last week. Last week we were caught for off our feet. Um, most of it was kind of in the breakdown again. And we're just trying to... It will be ironed out. It will get ironed out. We're just trying to figure out exactly how... How we react to the breakdown, and we start. We start. We need to know. Um, we really need to know now, kind of where we're going, what our method of of defending and defending um, when it comes to the breakdown, and do we compete? Do we not compete? And look, we're getting there. It, it, it's very harsh to say. I think when you have like when we play Tullow, we had all the penalties, and then you kind of go into this, and you get a few penalties early on. It starts getting in lads' heads again, and you know it starts getting in our heads on the sideline. That uh, oh, here we go again. We're going to uh, we're going to start giving away these penalties. But look, we played well in parts. We really played well. In the certain parts of it, there was some really really nice rugby. I reckon if we had uh, played a little bit wider, um, we would have scored. Like we deserved it. Like we won twenty two nine, we got a bonus point win. We probably left we left some kicks behind. We probably left a couple of tries behind, um, and that's not not a, not an offensive thing to Longford. It was just we were on the day a better side, but we were actually we should have played better than we did. Like, it's room for improvements, but I mean, as just by saying the record, we went to we went to Longford and we came home with a bonus point win. Mm. It puts a second in the table. It puts a second in the table on the same. Uh, points as Wicklow, but we're four points behind in points difference. So, like, if we were to say after last week's performance, um, you know, would you say, would you say you'd be happy? You say we're absolutely delighted, and we were delighted. Like coming home, we're disappointed in our accuracy, um, in some of the plays. Like we get, we did stupid things. If we tried three, three big that I can remember it was three big skip passes, um. Mm which we didn't need to do and they just drifted they just used the drift defense slid across and um you know it was just the lads know that when they see the video like they know exactly where we're kind of going wrong our forward play and um, our pack played well like they're, they're a strong pack and we're missing we're missing ross uh ross elms at number eight this week um ross got a bang on the tolo game he's out for he'll be out for, he's out for um He's out for 21 days, but um, like he was missed kind of maybe his impact direct because he's such a powerful person now, powerful number eight uh, uh, with the acceleration coming off the back, coming off the back of the scrum. But look, our scrum did well. Um, I think our biggest problem is is our backline. How we haven't had the same backline in the same position twice this year. It's very just very hard because even after this game, we've 16 injuries. Uh, we've an, we an injury list of 16 and it's not excuses 
because the players, everyone that comes in is standing up and doing well. But it's not. It's just when you know yourself, if you have a team playing, you're trying to put your the way you play your everything you want to everything that you want to do that you're rehearsed in, in training or plays um how you're going to play that game how you're playing it you, you know you you look at the teams you're playing you're trying to get into place and then you don't have the same back line again like there's a couple of players are there regularly but we've had different pairings in the centers and that kind of you really need that bit of stability and with injuries um it's kind of hard. Like as I said, there's 16 players now. We've got a couple more at the weekend, but there's 16 players between the first and seconds, and they're all first or seconds players. Like they're not mm. any. They're all of that standard. They're players that should be there, and we need to be there. But they're they're out injured. Um, like that's junior rugby, though. It is, <laughs> and and it's just crazy. We never had that. You kind of I never had as many backs missing. Like it's just yeah. and like we had like we had Sean Quinlan coming back this weekend. Uh, Sean had been in had was out um with his knee but he played with the college on Wednesday he was grand he wasn't feeling great uh, just he was sick on thing but he got back spasms on Saturday on Sunday morning so we had to change Jeff McDermott who were given extra game time trying to get him a full game on the seconds you know trying to get him back in Jeff had to step up to the bench um you know to replace to replace Sean. Now in fairness um uh, like we had Josh Cope. Josh played a great game in the first half. Was uh, his attacking play was making make his little darting runs was really improving. Um, we changed Josh early in the second half, not because of his play, but I, I think we wanted to, to kind of see Jeff had a bit, tiny bit more experience and see how it worked. Um, it probably wouldn't be as, the play wouldn't be as quick, but it was just. They're a little bit more experienced there. Scrum half was really good. Um, I think he's a part. Of, he was under Leinster Juniors as well. He was cute. Jeff, he, Jeff is a handful though. Like yeah, he, down in the cup in Kilkenny last year, Jeff was he was a handful. Really, really yeah, was. He can become a handful, and I think say as I say, like Josh should be quicker to the break. Josh should be far quicker to the breakdown than Jeff, um, and will will attack the game line really, really quickly. But uh, Jeff, we just probably needed Jeff at that stage to settle it down. So, like, it's great to have. We now have two scrum halves back in business, which we didn't have. At the, like, we didn't have two scrum halves. We only have one scrum half. And uh, you know, with a modern game, you want to change things up. You have to have two. You know, you yeah. have to have two scrum halves in, in, on your first team. Um, the same as any any team will have. If you need to change a play, or you need to slow things down, or you need to get a bit of stability back in, you'll you'll change your players around. But look, I thought. We played extremely well. Scott Neal went in as hooker. I was talking about Scott last week. Came on as a sub. Mm. We brought him up in the second. Scott's another Kilkenny, young Kilkenny guy. Um, he he Kilkenny College. That is. I'm just going to ask there. I was going to say no, where Kilkenny is he from? No, he's a, he's a Carlo guy. He's Carlo went to school in Kilkenny. Um, but like he played a lot of front row down there, and he's kind of he played last year, but then had to go off. He went off to Scotland for a couple of week, uh, a couple of months. For, with his farm training, so yeah, he's back in and had a super game in his in his hooker. So I have to give him, I have to give him a mention. He played really, really well. Um, Johnny Murphy had a good game as well. But like, look, we're on. It is a much better place than you know where we were against Tolo. As I say, 
we didn't really play well against Hull and we did we made uh, such a poor error of not being able to hold out with the you know when you're leading the game no. with minutes seconds to go or minutes to go you can't we can't afford those mistakes we're learning each week so let's hopefully we'll have a tough one coming up Dundalk um Dundalk's now at home I know it's at home Dundalk got beaten by Mullingar at the weekend but uh, you can't take that for you can't look at I think with the league the way it's gone no game no team can be looked at on the previous performance because a lot of teams have jumped back in Dundalk lost their first mm. game then they came up to Wicklow hammered Wicklow in Wicklow and gave, and came away and Wicklow got not even a bonus a losing yeah. bonus point so we have to be aware of that I mean Dundalk are going to be a good side probably you know the games we, have, we haven't played them pardon they're probably one of the best scrummaging sides in Leinster, irrespective. You know, they they have a brilliant pack. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant set piece scrum. Yeah, so we, we haven't played them. Uh I see they're an unknown entity, and I know they're yeah. trying to find their way, and they've probably kind of lads retiring and not, you know, and some because then but look, they by the time they come around to us again, Mullingar are improving big time. So we've a lot of big, big, big games ahead um before Christmas. Um and the you league know, is very, very tight. First, like, mm-hmm. uh, there's no difference between the top four clubs. I mean, a tie had a, a tie had a good win over Tullo. Um, did what we didn't do the week before. They held Tullo out with ten minutes to go. They they brought it back to twenty four nineteen. You know, they were losing up to the last ten under ten minutes of the game, and scored a uh, scored a try, and then and then they held them out for ten minutes. Ten minutes. We didn't do that, so. They're a tie. You have to be another team, really, really in the running for this. There's, you know, there's just four teams at you know, the top there, think, and each one, any of those four could win it. Yeah, I was kind of thinking, like, I mean, hearing about you, Tom, like you're winning, and we're still being critical and still finding problems, and that's not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. And I'm looking at me here, kind of being a little bit, how would I say, frank, maybe too frank and honest about our, our own first last weekend. But we need to give these guys some credit as well. Like, they're they're it's junior rugby. They're amateurs. They're doing it. They're out there. They have three hours a week, maybe two sessions a week at best, probably two and three quarter hours on the pitch time to try and get things right as well. So, you know, it's very easy for me to sit here in my ivory tower and find issues with our own lads, and maybe he came away with the win, but still to be still to find criticisms in the in the performance but I think realistically as well probably need to give the lads my, myself a little bit more credit for for what they actually do as well you know yeah well they are amateurs and, and they are but they really do train hard and I, I mean lads are traveling down from Dublin they're coming in you know they're giving up their weekends to giving up their week you know weekdays or got it's a different time than years ago they've got jobs and under pressure, they have a lot of them are on, on shift work and so on. And it's look, we're delighted to where we are at the moment. Um, just the club as a whole, it, it's about getting. And I, I think Tony and Kenny, but the three clubs are, are probably the strongest they've been in a long time, um, as far as far as everything across the board. Like, we coming back on, like you said about the women, we don't have the women's team, but we just as everybody knows, I'll always promote our rhinos with uh, Tolo. Um, our 16s were out at the weekend and went up to Greystones on Sunday morning and had a fantastic win the plate. Uh, like they bounced back. They're getting better week in week out. Some seriously talented girls out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we're always there's more new players coming from both Carlo and Tullo. 
um, to join the Rhinos, both at 14s and 16s. It's really, really, uh, really, really taken off. Um, the girls, as I say, the, the, you can just see the difference in them each week. Um, they're getting better and better and better. By the time they're 18 to going into women's rugby, you're going to have some class players coming through. And our yeah, own no, youth, had, our own youth played well at the weekend as well. So, I mean, they're all we need to promote as the three clubs or every club in the southeast. I mean, we're promoting the southeast the whole time. We're probably just to me, we're the strongest, the strongest area. I don't care anyone says, and um, sorry, anyone from other areas yeah. listening to us. But There's I have another a, argument for this. Week. I have a huge, huge <laughs> passion for the southeast. We all have, um, you know. They're just there's so much work being done in, in yeah. our area, and uh, we're all very proud of our area and the clubs that are there, and uh, they need the most support from everyone. So, you know, if we don't have kids coming through, and we don't have all that, we want we won't have this podcast in this year's time. You know, so you have to have them working. Absolutely. Uh, I'll just move on to Tullow there before I move on to other uh, few bits. Like you said, Tom, they were in action against a tie on a wet night at the weekend, uh, but came away from that empty-handed. A tie got off to a good lead, converted try there at the start. Uh, Tuller replied with a uh, try, uh, the missed the conversion. A tie kicked a penalty then to put them uh, up to 10-5. And another converted try then from a tie to bring them to 17-5. Uh, Tullo with a converted try then to bring it to 17-12 to a tie. And then Tullo uh, got another try converted to put them in the lead, 19-17. And then as you were speaking about there uh, earlier on, a tie responded then again to bring them up to 24-19. And that's how that one finished. Yeah. Uh, the Sorry, yeah. I'm eating a little bit of humble pie about a tie because I said it earlier on in the year they have a really good backline, but I was questioning whether their pack are good enough. You know, I think Carlo learned how good Tolos or a tie's pack are, and I think Tolo probably learned as well the other day that they're not just a team that are built on a on a on a on a, on a sexy silky backline. You know, mm-hmm. well, definitely not. I mean, um, yeah. like they're well coached, they're well drilled, and uh, they're. Their pack will, I, I think, I'd say half the problem, James, is when they're playing a different division, they have to step up. And I think, I think, not good for our point of view, but the first game that the lights went out, the first 10 minutes of that, I think they realized it gave them a big insight, quick insight into uh, the physicality and um, the speed of the play that, that, that they're up against. And I think. They it probably was the biggest benefit to them because they were a totally different kettle of fish the next time we played, you know, the, mm. the difference between the two teams. So I think yeah. the tie are going to get better each week. I think at, we, we've never we've always said it like they've got some class players. Um they've a lot of youth there as well, like yourselves, but there's some class yeah. players in that in that team. So as I said, that top group there, and that's not allowing for the likes of Mullingar to improve as they normally do have a better second half of the season. Um, you know, there's there's four teams at the top there, and, and it could go anywhere with those four teams. Yeah. You know, but these things are cyclical. Like, I mean, like, I mean, we've had many years of 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 Division One A, Division One B, and up and down and up and down. And towns, we've been in three Towns Cup finals in what eight eight or nine seasons, you know, and won one of them. And you know, we've had a lot of success. You know, it's great to see other clubs now kind of coming back and their cycle starting. You know. And you'd hope that to- clubs like a tie can actually 
if they don't get promotion, can keep themselves in one B for a number of years and 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 keep themselves up there and kind of create create a good buzz around kind of Kenny Carlo Tolo with high that kind of that kind of thing, you know. Well, it's a huge look. We there's in said like our turds are playing. We've worked enough lads to go to fix a tie have turds as well, and we have turds, and their game got they're actually playing a league we're not. But we had, they were having that friendly on Saturday over in the tie at three o'clock. Um, so there's like that's the amount of players that that are out there. Yeah, you know, yeah. and these are and they're all. And I know from a I know from a tie that they're all a tie lads. They may have been to school in other places like ourselves. You know, with the, the Kenny College lads, and we have okay. Look, we have a few pop in from the college every year, but they're just lads who are there in the college. They're not. They're there at the weekends. They don't. They're not. We're not they're stealing them from any other clubs. They just happen to be around at weekends. They're not going mm. anywhere to get jobs in Carlo. And we take whatever we get. They arrive up, and they've been really good to us over the years. Like the, in the last couple of years, that you know, we've had maybe four or five each year coming in from the college, and uh, it's just nice to have those lads and 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 the ads at the club. Yeah. But the rest of them at the moment are all homegrown, which is which we can't believe. There's so many, so many lads that are all from Carlo. You know, and are played played from youths and minis, and that's a, that's a great thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the Tullow women, just to mention there as well, were in action against Railway. They were seven points apiece, seven minutes into the game, but Railway uh, took off like a steam train after that and they finished up with a big win there over Tullow. Uh, just some other Tullow news, lads, while we have it here. And in Johnny's absence, uh, the Tullow under-18s are out in Spain at the moment. They've an under-18 touring side and they had a win yesterday, 16-13 against the Spanish combination made up of three clubs, Elche, Alicante and Norjuel. Um, so congratulations to them they're having great crack out there uh, you know lovely sunny weather and all that stuff uh, as well congratulations to them uh, Leinster Munster oh James Blanchfield's disappeared while I was reading them on a different screen <laughs> James is gone is it? he disappeared bye James um, Tom we'll talk about Leinster Munster I was up there at the weekend uh, we all predicted a bit of a, a sort of a heavy uh, Leinster or the win over Munster, sorry, you don't know how to, uh, to can't get my phraseology right, but it, it wasn't as easy as everyone thought it'd be. Munster actually put in a decent performance considering the amount of players that were missing. I think they had uh, an extremely good first half. Um, I, yeah, I leave my words, James, his words earlier. I'm definitely eating my words because I hadn't, I didn't give Borel Munster a uh, a hope on Saturday, but I, I thought, thought that, I thought they played extremely well. I think that you could see there's something there that they're actually starting to try and play to a system and trying to play some nice rugby. And yeah. there, I think it's just so hard on them that, and it's not that well. I won't say it's hard on them. I think it's really going to be really hard on the coaching staff to try and implement everything that they're doing when they're absolutely devastated with injuries. I mean. They just don't have it's unfortunate they just don't have anything like the strength or depth of Leinster. Um, Bernard Jackman made a great point. I don't know if you saw it, but he spoke about the Munster injuries, and it was a good point. He said that Roundtree has upped the workload and training. Yeah, I've seen and, that. And and he's preparing players, he's getting them ready for to work harder, to be fitter, to be stronger, and the, the extra workload 
they're just not reacting to because they're not used to it at the moment. I think it's a fair comment. Maybe give them maybe give them six, eight, twelve months and they'll be up to that speed. Yeah. Well, if it's anything like Leicester used to be for <laughs> round three, if he's putting in half of that, I mean yeah. Leicester, Leicester had a, a phenomenal <laughs> uh, reputation when they came to training. I know the contact now by law has changed, but the workload yeah. won't change. Uh, they always yeah. had a really good ethic in 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 Leicester, and Roundtree would have grown up with that. Um, so I presume that that's what that if you're still in the no, workload, that's, on the that's, depth, that's on the depth. There. The only way you're going to get depth is by throwing lads in and blood them. Yeah. And you know, as somebody said to me remark recently, never waste a good crisis. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, the ones the fans will have to. I mean. The supporters will have to just take it on the chin this year. Yeah. And if they don't end up with Heineken Cup rugby, is it a disaster? No. Uh, probably financially, if they won't get the crowds. But I mean, they're going to have to. You're going to have to take it on the chin. If you've that many injuries and your blood new fellas, uh, they're putting new systems into place. If they're developing as a side, I think that they'll just they'll they'll move on from here. But they'll have to allow. We'll have to allow them. That shit, that happened. If they played the first half, like they played a phenomenal first half, and then they just did. got they just got on top. And by the way, like the score doesn't represent it because no, of no, it at the end. I mean, those those lads were just out on their feet. And you can't survive. Um, like looking at the team that Leinster played had out on the day, it was just phenomenal. Yeah. I said it to you on a text message Saturday night. I think Connor Murray is now a problem for Munster, though, with the game plan that with the game plan that Roundry and Prendergast want to play. It is about quicker ball. There was one stage there in the second half. Munster had the ball won at the back of the scrum. It was is all he had to do was put his hands in and move it. The secondary yeah. drive came on from Leinster, and suddenly Leinster won a penalty on the secondary drive That's when the right, ball yeah. was at. Yeah, the I counted eight fourteen speed. seconds, James, at one stage um, for yeah. Connor to move the ball. And, and then, then is what know, happened yeah. was the scrum came back at a rate of knots. Was it mm-hmm. um, Jack Jack O'Sullivan was the number eight? And one of his own second row players came back on him and he looked like he's after doing his ankling. And like that's not Conor Murray's fault that he did his ankling, don't get me wrong. But if he didn't stand there looking at the ball for the two or three seconds and he moved That's the, the ball on into, into yeah. the backs, it just, and he's, he's, he's picking the ball, he's bringing it into his chest and then he's moving it. Where if you look at what Craig Casey and Edie Paddy Patterson when he came on on Saturday, they were Up moving the ball from the base yeah. and just, you know, I think, I think Murray... Would have su- he suited the Van Grand game plan, which was a little bit slower and was mundane rugby. I think Murray now needs to reinvent himself if he's to have, in my eyes, a real future at that at that level with Munster and with Ireland. And on because the flip side, Luke McGrath schooled him. Yeah, just about to say that. Yeah, yeah, Luke's man in the match performance. He was fantastic. He's sped up as well since last year, even. Yeah, well, he had he he is to learn. I mean. My son will hate me for this, but I thought Paddy Patterson is actually is not doing a bad job. Not Daniels is even raving. I don't know, but I think, uh, I think he's actually not doing a bad job because the ball is quick and it's fast, and he'll have it snipe, and it's just yeah. everybody needs to react to that. And look, he just hit the nail on the head, James. He said it. Van Grand's game was mundane, and it was. And I think our, I think the lads down there just haven't really got the grips yet they have to no. learn how to play a faster game and I mean, it will, that will come you know but historically in months Rob Penny tried to do that as well 
and suddenly Rob Penny was shipped out because certain cohort of players weren't willing to do that and he didn't get his contract renewed. But I think Roundtree, Tom, has a lot of respect amongst the playing group and I think they react well to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with Mike Prendergast there, you see there's Irish, a really top Irish mm-hmm. guy in there as well. And mm-hmm. I think, and he's their attack coach as well. So, I mean, they have, they have to. I really actually, but there was the one thing Bob has said that Rob Penny was hard done by because I thought, I know the results weren't, they were, weren't quite there. They were getting there, but their standards, their, the way they were trying to play it was way better. I was really starting to enjoy it. And next minute it was like, uh, God, oh, no, yeah. and, uh, no, oh, it's no. not for us. And they bring in in the South African hey, Tom, that old microphone again is, is, is it's, like, it's like you're in a tornado. Oh, I don't know what it is. <laughs> but, um, like, I mean, that's yeah. lovely. <laughs> Leinster were there then as well on Saturday and it's hard to say anything about them because, you know, I said it before, they just seem to always get things right. You know, their players are, are so good. Everything they yeah. do is on point. But, you know, even, even would, on the fit, yeah. No, you're right. Like even, even their little detail, the minor little things that have been catching Munster out an awful lot this year, Leinster always get right. When the pressure comes on, when you're inside the 22, the opposition 22, in the opposition red zone, as I'd call it, and they're up in their ante in defence, Leinster don't make as many mistakes. Munster have been doing it a lot recently, that when they get inside the 22, the pressure comes on, there's a mispass or a drop ball or an out-the-door sliders pass doesn't go to hand and suddenly they're 10 metres back from where they should be. Leinster don't do that. And I think that's where Munster are, are, are building to get. So I think it's going to be a project for them. But Leinster, yeah. look at, I think they're the, they are the benchmark in Ireland, aren't they? Yeah, I think Leinster left a few points behind him at the weekend as well with knock-ons and, and handling errors. And the other thing as well, uh, my wife said it to me in the match, I said Munster, like they were playing great, but they were going to die off fitness-wise. Yeah. Um, like you're saying, that intensity thing, they can't. A lot of teams struggle against Leinster beyond 60 minutes, 60, 70 mm-hmm. minutes. Leinster just keep that truck moving. And, uh, and that's it. Like, I mean, when you're playing Leinster, there's two sides of intensity. You have to be intense in attack when you're playing them to match them on the scoreboard. But your work rate and defense is because they attack with such accuracy and such pace, but mm-hmm. sort of such certainty in what they're doing. It's energy sapping. You know, you just need to be switched on. You watch Leinster. Once once Leinster transition from a, from from attack into defence, their it's work rate is absolutely incredible. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. You just um, a word for Crowley and Munster. Watch that space. I think he's the long... I, I, Tom said oh, it last year, and I'll say it now. He's the long-term successor to Sexton. And that was a great move, putting him in at 15 the other night. He was brilliant. But it's great yeah. to see a young fella yeah. playing with us. Great to see a young fella playing with a smile oh, on his face. You know, Tommy that's brilliant. That is the sign of you know. You see someone there just has a sparkle in their eye, and I think that yeah. it's phenomenal. Yeah. It's like there's you see it in in certain players. You know, you see it in Leinster. You see that's, in Connacht, and you see you know, it's just just you see a guy with a glint in his eye, and you just you know it's like Lowry. You call him Lowry playing full back. That he just has. Like full back at Ulster, even though it's the smallest man in the pitch, he just has that little glint in his eye. I have to jump, I have to pick up kids. I'll see you next week. (laughs) Live podcast. Thanks, James. That's James Blanchfield there from Kilkenny Rugby Club. Uh, The pardon, it's a a living and breeding podcast. Tom, we come and go as we please. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. Sorry, Tom, back to what you're saying there. No, I I just just like to see players with a glint in their eye and enjoying the game. And look. 
we need, as we always keep saying on the po- this podcast, you need the four provinces to make up an Irish team, especially when injuries happen. You know, you can't rely just on on Leinster to uh, to provide a conveyor belt of players because and the it's, ne- it's, it's, it's never going to give you the best players all the time. You know, it'll yeah. give you a certain amount of them, but it won't give you the full amount because there's other players out there that, you know, deserve their places on the team and deserve a chance. So, I mean, for rugby to survive, we need all four provinces firing and like Ulster are definitely have been really solid the last couple of years and look like they're going to be solid again this season. Uh, Connacht took a wobbler, but they seem to be starting to get back on their feet. I mean, they struggle again with the injuries and that. Um, once are, they just have to rebuild, and it's not they'll be back in time. Like, I mean, it is, it's just, I suppose it's hard when a team is so good for years and kind of you know was kind of number one and then find themselves struggling and then you're down, you know. As someone said to me the last day, it's, it's like watching Man United. They, you know, yeah, you had the, yeah. you had yeah, a, you, you had a big, you had the thing when they were flying, and you know the first teams to win the Heineken, you know, to have two Heineken Cups, and you know, get to so many finals, and they were always kind of successful, and they played uh, international teams, and you know they're on a high the whole way, and then you just know that they're there thereabouts, but just can't can't get a foothold. Like Monster will give you. I think they will always give you, when they're fully strong, like when they played Toulouse last season in the Heineken Cup, they will give you their heart and soul and they'll put out a performance. But that can't be done week in, week out. Like, you have to be, to do week in, week out, you need the squad, you need a system to play and you also need uh, the stamina. And as I said, like James said there, that's transitioning from attack into defence or from a defence into attack. If you can have, if you can, have that with the intensity that the likes of Leinster and that have well then that's when you start winning games Yeah, this time or this current uh, phase or period of Munster rugby is good time for discovering these young fellas as well we were talking about Adobo last week you know Crowley still we haven't even seen the half of what he's capable of at this stage Craig Casey it's time to, it's time to make that switch now with him and Connor Murray Craig is the is the up and coming, as you said, he suits that faster game and all that as well. He's young, mad for work. Um, yeah, it's a, an opportunity as well if they just uh, trust in a lot of these players um, that are coming through. And like we've seen Gavin Coombs last week, we know what Gavin's capable of, but, but all these other young lads as well, you know, just blending in nicely into that team and, uh, you know, doing a bit of building uh, over the next season or two. Yeah, well, it, as I say, like it, it's 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 great to see youth and and Leinster's team this weekend is full of full of kids and oh Jesus, I, I'm going to be one to say I like to say, I'm delighted to see Charlie Tector there. Charlie's um a fantastic out half, but he was fantastic with the under twenties there when they when they won the Grand Slam, and yeah. um, it's great to see him getting on the getting on the bench for getting on the bench at the weekend. Charlie went to school in Kilkenny College as well, and uh, he's an Enniscorthy man. So we have Southeast player again. <laughs> yeah, no, it's brilliant to see another South yeah. another Southeast player, which is which is brilliant. It's you a, know, so absolutely with Charlie, the best to look at the weekend. Hopefully, get on for a, a few minutes. 
Absolutely. There's three lads to possibly get their first caps. Ty McElroy, Charlie and uh, Ben Brownlee are uh, all looking to get their first caps this weekend. I think they will. Uh, decent enough. Uh, Ed Byrne, of course, are on Carloman. Ed starts uh, that game. Uh, different looking team. Uh, Tom John McKee is the hooker. Thomas Clarkson, who we've seen on and off the last uh, couple of weeks and last year and that as well. He's the number three. Ross Maloney and Jason Jenkins, quite solid second row there. Reese yeah. Ruddock, Scott Penny and Max Deegan, solid uh, back row there. Luke McGrath and Ross Byrne halfbacks, pretty decent uh, line up there. Then you have Dave Carney, Charlie Natai, Liam Turner in the centre. Uh, Rob Russell is on the right wing and Chris Cosgrave uh, coming on for his third cap uh, there as well. You have Nick McCarty on the bench, Martin Maloney, Brian Deeney, Vac Abdeladze, Michael Milne and uh, and that on the bench. So yeah, very, very youthful, but just a nice little spine of experience down the middle of that as well. So yeah, um, and it's another southeast bad. man, Brian Deeney, on the bench there. Yeah, yeah, from, Expert, Brian. <laughs> from yeah. experts. So it's going good. well. Yeah, Doing absolutely. I'm telling you, that's that's what I'm saying. We're very proud. We're very proud of the southeast and what we're producing at the moment. And uh, there's a lot more to come. There's a lot more to come through that. Um, you know, the, through the system. And as I say, we keep keep fighting and keep our clubs going well. You know, the club scene. The club scene is so important for us. And uh, you can see it there because they go on to southeast and then they go from southeast hopefully into Leinster and hopefully at some stage maybe put a green jersey on. That's it. That's what it's all about. Before I let you go, uh, John Ryan um, uh, is back in Munster colours. I think it's four six month contract. Uh, you know he was let go by Munster a few years ago and uh, he's back now for injury cover. Tom, but it's great to see him back. And I think he could be out this weekend. They're talking about giving him a run out. Oh, so he should be. He should never have gone. Yeah. That was ridiculous. Most the stupidest thing. They haven't got props down there, so I don't know what they were asked. I mean. Oh, they got rid of him, yeah. We they actually needed they needed they needed front row cover. So I mean, it, like, I don't know. You, you get rid of props, one of your young props, and kept on older props. Like it just doesn't things that doesn't make sense. And and can't remember his name. There's a young centre, the Irish qualified centre, uh, from Worcester Warriors. Yeah, he's after being signed in as a temporary. Is a temporary for the rest. Of, he's in for the rest of the season. Um. Oh, his name's so, just name's gone out of my head, but it, uh, like so they have they have pulled in, but they're going to need him anyway. They haven't got players, and that's a that's, that's not a, that's what they need. Um, before we go, I want to just yeah. say that we have a table quiz, uh, tomorrow night, Friday night in the Irishman's um from the club teams of teams of four tenure per person. Um, it's going to be a bit of fun, a bit of crack. The lads are just raising it, raising a few uh bit of funds for the senior team and a bit of gear. You know they're. Um, as I said, the, the lads have organised it themselves, so there's some great prizes and uh, promises to be a great night and a bit of crackdown there. Absolutely, that's Friday the 28th of uh, yeah, October. If you're listening to the podcast, yeah, yeah. The Tom, great chatting to you. Uh, James Blanchfield was on with us earlier as well. We'll try and catch up with Johnny Tobin uh, next week. He's busy uh, for this evening's podcast, but um, bit of a break this weekend. There's no local matches taking place uh, for Carl Kilkenny or Tullow anyway. So we'll catch up with you next week and we'll preview the action for the weekend following. And of course, we'll have a chat about Ireland's upcoming game against South Africa and the Autumn Internationals as well. Uh, plenty happening then. But that's it from us for this evening. Have a good one. Thanks. Thanks, everyone.